Did you know that you have the power of fashion? You do. And most people are not using it to their full advantage. They are not showing up as powerfully as they can in their day-to-day lives with their consumer choices and how they are styling their everyday looks. I'm Tara Patton, and I created this podcast, The Power of Fashion, to remind people that you have everything you need right in front of you. It is my mission to help people work with what they have, to simplify their lives, and to live their very best lifestyle. Now more than ever, it is time to take advantage of what you truly want your life to look like. And that is everything from what your closet looks like, what your relationships look like, how you travel, and who you do business with. And here on The Power of Fashion, we have the opportunity to talk to some of the world's thought leaders, some of the most elite fashion minds in the industry. And as your host, Tara Patton, it is my great honor and pleasure to present to you today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Power of Fashion, where one decision can absolutely change your life. I'm your host, Tara Patton, here with a very special guest today, all the way from New York City. We have Britta Kramer, a chef stylist, event curator, and world traveler. I am so excited to share with you her story and her journey and how one decision changed her life today. Welcome, Britta. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored that you asked me to be on your show. Oh my gosh. Well, how could I not? You have such an incredible, powerful story and I love your courage and I love what you're creating in the world. And I just need more people to know about it. So tell us, what one decision, let's just start right out of the gate. What one decision changed your life? I would say the biggest decision that changed my life was I was working in pharmaceutical sales. This was just one year out of university and I absolutely hated it. I was selling vaccines and I just could not get passionate about it. And every day on my lunch break, I just felt like crying. And I was thinking this cannot be what being an adult is hating your life 40 hours a week. I decided to quit my job and buy a one-way ticket to Europe. And I was planning on spending maybe five months in Europe. The night that I decided that I was going to quit my job, I went to my parents' house and I had dinner with them and I was, you know, explaining my situation. My parents said, you know, we've been waiting for this. Like travel is the biggest investment that you can make in your life. You know, some parents would be really worried about this decision. And um, my parents really supported me, which I really appreciated. But to date the story that night, we also talked about, you know, I just signed up for MySpace and I was going to be using that to like blog and tell stories along my travels. I mentioned to my mom that there was one girlfriend that I wish that I was still in contact with. And the next day when I went to my job, I logged into my MySpace and my friend, Catherine, who I was mentioning the night before to my mom, she found me on, um, on, on MySpace. And then we had a phone call that night and she happened to be living in New York city and she was working for IMG artists representing classical musicians. And I was telling her, you know, I was living in Milwaukee still, and I really had this longing to live in New York or LA or Chicago. I knew that I loved cooking. It brought me so much joy. 
and I really loved over the top events. So then she mentioned that to put together my resume and apply for this food and wine staff in Napa Valley for, it was a two week festival called Festival del Sol. And it was classical music, which I've been playing violin since I was four, culinary arts, which obviously I'm passionate about. And then to Napa Valley and every day there were these lavish, you know, lunches and dinners and, and beautiful food and just the, the tablescapes and everything. I got to cook with, you know, Thomas Keller and Kat Cora, who was the only female iron chef at the time, Ming Tsai, and all these chefs that I saw on TV that were, you know, very inspirational to me. So as I was at this festival, I remember driving in between the events and just driving in my car and feeling this complete feeling of euphoria and true happiness to do events and to cook for a living. And two of the head chefs at Mandavi Vineyards who were also self-taught chefs at the time. You know, they said, Britta, you are so passionate and you need to follow that passion. Like you don't need to spend a hundred grand on going to culinary school. Like you grew up in a culinary family. Both my parents were born in Austria and you know, we, everything was made from scratch and they had these beautiful gardens and it was just, it was part of my upbringing. And so, I came back, I had 24 hours to move out of my apartment and then I left for Europe and I was on a five month backpacking trip. So I took that five months and kind of created my own culinary school. I met locals along the way. We did 15 different countries in Europe. And, you know, I was like digging for clams and mussels with a guy in, in Portugal, picking fresh figs off of fig trees, visited a biodynamic farm where my brother was living outside of Frankfurt at the time and visited relatives in Serbia and Croatia. It was just a really beautiful experience. You know, we're going to the internet cafe so that we could, I, I was there with a, a girlfriend also, you know, she would be emailing and messaging her friends and I'm Googling, you know, it's like the dial up with the funny sound in the internet cafe because we didn't, you know, have Wi-Fi on our phones or anything. And I'm, you know, Googling like how to start, you know, how to start a business, how to come up with a business name, how to become an LLC. And within like three days of returning from my trip, I became an LLC and had business cards printed. And I would just walk around the Whole Foods, like in my gym clothes and just walk up to people and look in their cards, like knowing that they did not cook. And I would just say, you know, what are you making for dinner? And, and they're like, nothing, I don't cook. And I'm like, sounds like you need a personal chef. And I would just hand out my business cards. And that's kind of how I started originally my personal chef business, um, which was in Milwaukee. And I was working with professional athletes, celebrities, families who were really into working out and didn't know how to eat healthy. And that's kind of how I started originally my personal chef business. The biggest decision and through that, I just really learned to just kind of like get to the root of your heart's longing and really tap into, you know, what your intuition is telling you. And I feel like that is, you know, what brought me to New York City. Like I started my business in 2007 and by 2012, I was like, I've outgrown Milwaukee. Like I love it, but I just felt like I needed to be in New York so I could continue growing. And I also wanted to do events. And so in 2012, I moved to New York and I didn't have any connections. I had no job, I had no clients. I decided I was gonna start brokering 
chefs um, in Milwaukee and there were some really fantastic girls who had graduated and they weren't sure what they were doing and they were helping me part-time with events and they were working at restaurants so I was like hey like do you want me to train you and I can match you with clients and you know you kind of have your own business and then they were working under me and uh, so I could keep that business in Milwaukee and then in New York I mean just through you know, I read an article in New York Times about a pop-up dinner. I'm like, I want to go and see how this operates. And then I volunteered in the kitchen and just talking about what I did um, in that kitchen, you know, I got several clients because one of the chefs there was like, oh, I don't like working with, you know, clients with dietary restrictions and all these health issues. I'm like, bring them my way. I'd love to show people, you know, how um, you know, if you have dietary restrictions or health issues, you know, we can still make eating fun. And so that's how that started. I even, one of the first big clients that I got was on a plane. I was flying from Milwaukee to New York and I was boarding the plane and I'm in the aisle. There's a woman and a, she's talking to a gentleman sitting next to her and, and, and he was talking about, oh, you know, somebody comes into our home and she makes a bunch of meals, you know, preps them. And the woman's like, oh, I have four kids. I need that service. And, you know, I kind of interrupted the conversation. I'm like, I don't mean to, you know, be eavesdropping, but sounds like you need a personal chef. And I have chefs, you know, in both in Milwaukee and in New York. And, you know, by the next week we were cooking for her and we were doing birthday parties. And, and while I loved, you know, prepping meals for families, it was also got to be really lonely. So I decided that I was going to focus more on doing events myself. And I also got really into like floral design and the event curation, designing the space and the tablescape and all of that and staffing and doing events for brands and for private clients. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I met you while you were doing an event and the the florals were mind blowing. I'd never seen anything like that before. They didn't even, they were so perfect. I didn't even realize that they were real. Oh, (laughs) thank you. Thank you. That was a fun retreat. Yeah, that was great. Uh, But you know, my favorite part was like meeting you and, and, and obviously Christine and like learning what you do, because I personally, you know, didn't realize so much nourishment could come like three meals a day. Like, you know, you taught me so much in just a matter of days, but it was interesting to learn about how you can get creative with food. You know, like you were talking about with the dietary restrictions and things like that, that people just don't know how to make eating fun. I love that you said it like that because that's what it should be, right? You can't not eat. (laughs) So why shouldn't you enjoy it and understand that it is nourishing you? I have so many friends who have had so many, you know, health struggles that all could be cured if they, you know, stopped eating so much sugar or right. did some more meal prep or had a personal chef. Cause it definitely sounds like they need a personal chef. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's incredible that you moved into that sort of area of events. And that was in the sort of 20 teens in New York. That, 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 that was uh, 2012. 2012. 2012. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started doing some other, you know, styling for photo shoots and, 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 and not just events. Like I definitely love, you know, design, interior design and, and fashion and, and all of that. Like I, I, I love, you know, curating a home, um, any type of curation. Um, I really love all of that. So. And it's a gift really. You, it's almost like you see it and then you bring it to life. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's like for my, for my clients, when I do the events, 
um, you know, I say like, give me a dollar amount for the whole entire event and then paint a picture for me of what you're envisioning. And then I just create the whole thing. You know, I really love doing that. It's a talent. It's you, yeah. you you're amazing at it. I, I loved, I, I wanted to take those floral designs <laughs> home. Like they wouldn't put in my suitcase. Um, but you, you know, and on your website, privatepalette.com, there's so many great examples on there of, you know, just some amazing decor that does take things to a whole new level that you need someone like you, uh, or you <laughs> as your event curator. And, you know, it's so funny because there are so many events and so many things to celebrate, whether it's a birthday party or an anniversary or, you know, just a Friday night. And you can make that spectacular when you, you know, reach out to, to you, right? You can, you can make that whole new level. Yeah. I mean, we, and, you know, going through the pandemic, I had to get really creative of how to still create experiences for people, but virtually I started doing virtual cooking classes. I do virtual cocktail experiences. I have a class coming up and we're doing how to, you know, build a beautiful cheese board matched with a cocktail with like cocktail lounge music. And I've done a couple corporate cocktail hours where, you know, we pick a location and everybody has the same background to their zoom screen and you know we're taking a trip and we do these travel canteens um, where you have like the expandable um, spoon and the little shaker and so you know trying to create fun through the pandemic was an interesting challenge for the business because obviously you know events were really affected and people weren't gathering but I love the pivot I love that you found a way still to teach people virtually how they can still have fun, make food fun, make life fun, you know, and have their own private palette. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, you know, during the pandemic, also bringing it back to like, you know, the idea of the root of it, bringing it back to the root of it was, you know, you, I had a lot of time to think about like my work and, you know, if I couldn't do events, like what would I want to do and what did I have to offer? You know, it's like a lot of what I have to offer is in person. And I just, I thought a lot about all these experiences that I've had to navigate that were hard life transitions. And I always try to, you know, create beauty through those situations. I had some, after I got engaged, I had some very bad health issues, gut issues that like, I wasn't allowed to eat anything. You know, I've, I've left corporate and become an entrepreneur, like moving to New York after having a, built a successful business in one city and moving and not knowing anyone or breakups and, and, you know, and then pivoting through the pandemic. And I was like, what can I do with what I've learned in all of these different situations, you know, what can I create to help other women who are going through big life transitions? And so now my newest project is I'm working on something that will be called From Root to Blossom, and it will be an online program for, you know, it'll be like a beautifully curated experience for women who are going through those transitions and, you know, a reminder that, you know, we get to create the lives that we love, but it does not come without uncertainty and transition. 
which can be really hard. Even becoming a stepmom was a huge transition. And, you know, while, you know, so many people are like, oh, congratulations, you have a family. Like you can get lost in that. You, you're as a woman who's, you know, in my upper thirties, like I definitely felt like my, I didn't know what my identity was anymore. I know a lot of friends who become moms, like create a really beautiful experience for them in that, you know, exciting, but challenging time. That is incredible. I am so grateful to you for the work that you're doing, because as somebody that's been through really tough transitions as well, I know that it seems like it's never going to end, you know, and focus your message on women that are going through, you know, transitional times, moving, divorce, uh, weight loss, you know, trying to find themselves through motherhood and, and new family members, things like that. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's almost traumatic. And it it, it is. (laughs) I think it's, but I I like to think of it now as character building. Oh, absolutely. If if things aren't going wrong, I'm like, wait a minute, when's the other shoe going to drop? Because I'm so used to that. Absolutely. (laughs) That's my way of being. But but I love that you're specifically helping women understand. And when you say like from root to blossoms, let's, let's like, Let's elaborate on that a little bit more. So when I think of from root to blossom, I think of planting a seed, watering it, and then having it come to blossom. But I also know that you're a big advocate of, you know, sourcing local, shopping local, and really, you know, integrating yourself into what's growing in your community instead of processed food and all the things that are going on. And it's like, it's all right in front of you in these farmer's markets and all these great places that are just right around you that you can support local too. So is is that what kind of Root to Blossom is about? It's like, like farm to table, for instance, tell us more about that. Root to Blossom is part of my food philosophy and using every part of the vegetable from the root to the blossom. Um, For example, cilantro or parsley, like most people just throw the stems away or broccoli. They're just throwing the stems away. I make, you know, a beautiful broccoli stem salad where you're just taking the broccoli stem, using the mandolin and cutting really nice thin slices, a little bit of lemon juice, a good quality olive oil, and maybe like a little shaving of a nice Parmesan or a cheese that has like really beautiful crystallization and nice black pepper. It's just very nice and refreshing. Cilantro stems, um, parsley stems. I either save those in a Ziploc bag in my freezer with, you know, chicken bones and make homemade stock or a vegetable stock, or I chop the stems up in my salad, just little things like that. So, so it's part food, but also, you know, just thinking of who we were and, and what's in our our hearts and like what really matters in life, right? Because we weren't, you know, on the move, we weren't as busy as normal. And so, so, so part of it is the food, but then also just getting to the root of who you are and what you stand for. I like that because once you get rid of everything else and you touched on it, you know, the pandemic made us all stop and really focus on, okay, you know, what don't I need? You know, as a stylist, I was doing virtual styling with people. And we were just clearing out their closets, creating different style standards on who they wanted to become. Cause they didn't even know they're like, I don't know if I like this or not, you know? And right. it's like, well, who do you want to show up as? Right. So I think people really got that opportunity to say, I don't really know what I want, but I don't want this. Yeah. And I think those people that are now in this transitional period would be the perfect candidates for your Root to Blossom class, right? Yeah. So how would they do that? Just go to privatepalette.com. Privatepalette.com. So P-R-I-V-A-T-E 
P-A-L-A-T-E, like palette taste and sign up for our newsletter. Like it will be launching in 2022. So you can sign up for a newsletter and get recipes and other fun things and um, see what we are up to. And then also on Instagram, I'm private palette. And then I have started from root to blossom. It's from dot root dot to dot blossom dot on Instagram. Um, and they can also follow me there. Okay, great. From dot root dot to dot blossom. Yeah. On Instagram. I also love your Instagram private palette, which is super inspiring all the time. I love your message to just, you know, shine bright and, and that it takes a tribe and not to do it alone. You know, that's kind of the, the messaging that, that I've heard a lot lately from your Instagram and it's been exactly what I needed to hear. So I'm so grateful. And you have so much other, you know, great content on there about events that you've done and just really powerful imagery. And I just, it's so inspiring. It's, it's like a curated art gallery at private oh, palette on Instagram. So everyone should go follow Britta on Instagram. And if for root to blossom is for you, and I don't see why it wouldn't be go to privatepalette.com and sign up for that newsletter and you will get one of the founding seats of the very brand new from root to blossom project that has been blooming through the pandemic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay, Britta, I know you have a lot going on, uh, so I won't keep you too much longer, but what message would you like to leave our listeners with today? I would say to find beauty in those transitions. And like I said, you know, use that rawness to get to the root of who you are and what you stand for. And just really like paint that shit gold. <laughs> yeah. Paint that shit gold. Yes. I'm going to shout that from the rooftops. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for that beautiful reminder. And I just, I can't, I can't wait for From Root to Blossom and all the cool stuff that's coming for 2022. And I just really appreciate everything that you're doing and just keep, keep being your wonderful self. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so glad you're here to hear that inspiring story. I want to remind you that you have the power of fashion. Every day when you get dressed, you get to decide how you're going to show up in the world, how your day is going to go. And I don't want you to take that lightly. At Power of Fashion, we are on a mission to inspire people to show up powerfully with how they dress, how they think, how they interact with people, and how they make their choices when it comes to consumerism. So please make sure you remember that the power of fashion is in your hands and your actions will speak much louder than words. For more information about today's guest and this podcast, or if you'd like to be a guest or have a guest that you'd like to hear, please visit tarapattenstylist.com. That's T-A-R-A-P-A-T-T-E-N-S-T-Y-L-I-S-T.com. Thank you.